Hey, you guys doing? This is the producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome to This Week in the Association, presented by Brothers Comics, our NBA recap show. On the line tonight, it is my favorite shooting guard. It's Will Stacks. Will Stacks, say what's up. Will Stacks in the house. What's up, what's up, what's up? That's right. Yeah, so this week, um, been a lot of NBA news and action and games. Uh, so we'll take you through to the fourth quarters. But before we get to that, we have to head to our tip-off topic, and the tip-off topic is related to basketball and some whatnot. Um, a lot of NBA stars have been kicked out of games this past week. Uh, LeBron James somehow in 15 NBA seasons had never been ejected from a game before. He gets run last week. Uh, Kevin Durant got run twice the past two weeks, along with Boogie, uh, Boogie Cousins last night. So the, the tip-off topic is, what are some of your favorite sports rants? Uh, you know, there's been some times where people have gotten kicked out of games or otherwise and uh, have gone off, so to speak. So what are some of your favorite uh, sports rants? Oh, man, this was a great topic to think about. Uh, these guys getting ejected these days in the NBA, I don't know, maybe they think they're above the law, or at least in this case, above the referees, and they just want to talk a bit too much. Uh, especially KD, he's got a lot to say these days. I call him uh, fake tough. You know, he's not tough, pretending to be tough. Um, if he would have been like this with OKC, they probably would have won a championship if he would have showed <laughs> some toughness. But back to the topic at hand, uh, the best rants to me seem like they come in the following press conference. Yes, yeah, some guys have been kicked out. And uh, so I was thinking about some press conference rants that went along with some either poor play or some ejection. So one basketball-related was uh, University of Massachusetts coach at the time, John Calipari, Mm -hmm. and Temple coach, the late John Chaney. When John Chaney went after him and said, I'll kill you, and chased (laughs) him up up to the podium, and they had to hold the old man back. Uh, Just the old man going after Calipari, that was. Awful, hilarious. <laughs> but then uh, probably some of the better rants come from baseball. One that sticks out to me was uh, was Hal McRae, former manager of the Kansas City Royals. He just was going off about <laughs> anything and everything. I mean, baseball rants, even when they get kicked out of games, they the Billy Martin throwing of the bases at the umpires, those are pretty entertaining couldn't think of any great NBA rants, but uh, a great topic nonetheless. I'm sure you have a few as well. Yeah, and unsurprising to you, uh, most of my rants will center on tennis rants. Uh, My favorite tennis player is John McEnroe. Uh, He has a greatest hits, really, of tennis rants, uh, whether it's um, (laughs) uh, chalk flew up, uh, you're the pits of the earth, um, <laughs> I mean, John. John has his moments of uh, absolute terror, uh, terrorizing line judges, and just absolutely going off. Uh, his famous most being that you cannot be serious. Uh, you know, Definitely. yeah, it's just he's he's great at it. He was great at it. Um, nobody did it like him. Uh, I think I mentioned to you before the Denny Green rant is still giving run. That's probably what seven years ago. He's also the late Denny Green, right? He passed away yeah. too. All right, okay, yeah. Green. They are who we thought they are. Yeah. Let them off the hook. That's still coming up uh, from time to time. And the new um, coach of, I guess it's the Arizona, Arizona State Sun Devils, Herm Edwards has had some pretty decent rants uh, post-game when he was with the Jets. Um, you could definitely tell some of the pressure it got into him at certain times. So, uh, yeah. Some great rants. Uh, I agree with you on KD. He is absolutely a, a fake NBA tough guy. Uh, he is not about that life. Um, I think anybody that watches that knows he's really not about that life, and he's definitely going to be waiting for somebody to pull him back because Billy uh, Boogie Cousins is about that life. <laughs> so yeah, that, that would uh, yeah, it wouldn't have turned out too well for KD. Yeah, he would have got broken like a toothpick if you would have messed yeah. with. Big cousins, but yeah, that uh, fake toughness doesn't come through very well. Nice. All right, so let's hit to the first quarter. Uh, first quarter, there's teams are streaking, man. Uh, the Cavs have won what eleven straight games, maybe twelve actually. 
Uh, Houston, seven straight with the return of Chris Paul. Uh, Utah is six straight now uh, they, with the return of Rudy Gobert. Um, two teams out west, one in the east. You know, what's up with the good streaks? Well, I tell you, they are they are streaking. Um, and the Cavs starting off, like you said, winners of 11, or like you said, maybe 12 straight. Um, they were taking some time, it seemed, at the beginning of the year to get things together. A lot of new faces and new places uh, with the Cavaliers, and they needed time to uh, to jail together as a team, even with some injuries. Tristan Thompson being out, Derrick Rose taking his sabbatical. Now we're joining the team. Uh, Shumpert being hurt. They still found a way to get the mix together. Dwayne Wade suggested to come off the bench. Some people thought, why? I think we're seeing why. Running with the uh, second unit has uh, proved uh, to be the right move for the Cavaliers and Dwayne Wade himself. And, of course, when you're led by LeBron James, you always have a chance, and he's definitely leading them uh, with these 11 straight wins. Uh, LeBron James uh, definitely leading the way MVP candidate as well. What about the Houston Rockets? Uh, it was thought that they were going to struggle a little bit uh, trying to integrate Chris Paul into the offense. He comes back after missing about a month, seven straight wins, and James Harden is literally going off. Uh, player of the month for November almost averaged 35 points uh, over the month. I mean, what's up with the Rockets? Uh, yeah, James Harden picking up where he left off a year ago, even with the addition of Chris Paul. Still James Harden team. Uh, the Houston Rockets uh, are, are like a rocket. They are definitely shooting off into the atmosphere, and no one can stop him. They are mashing their oppon- opponents, uh, especially with this winning streak. They are winning by an average of 18 uh, points uh, per game. Uh, Chris Paul has come back after his injury and has uh, gotten right into the mix and is doing well mixing with James Harden, taking him off the ball at times. Um, But then James Harden, of course, we know loves to control the ball. He's averaging uh, nearly uh, eight assists uh, to go with his 31 points a game. So he's still dropping dimes as well as getting buckets. Yeah. And, my one of my favorite teams that nobody watches. It's the Utah Jazz. Uh, Rudy Gobert goes out. Uh, Gordon Hayward goes to Boston. People think they're going to take a fall, and they're after after their sixth straight win last night as Gobert returned. Yeah, uh, when Gobert went down, a lot of people were like, "Uh oh." Uh, but the Utah Jazz have really stepped up, led by rookie uh, Donovan Mitchell, 13th pick out of Louisville. Uh, is really probably behind Ben Simmons, uh, Rookie of the Year candidate. He is uh, averaging 17 a game, uh, not to mention Rodney Hood, uh, guard from Duke, also putting up big numbers. They are leading the way. Uh, Gordon Hayward, who they're singing. You saw <laughs> when you got Mitchell and you got Hood. And now with Gobert coming back, uh, established in the middle, blocking shots, even running the floor, big man his size. Uh, hey, you can't count them out. They're number seven in the West right now. Uh, who knows? They may uh, climb up a couple more steps in the Western Conference. Let's take it back to the Cavs real quick. Uh, those 11 wins, not exactly over-established um, teams, uh, kind of eating up on the, the, the sisters of the poor in the East and then some of the up-and-comers in the East. Is it fake gold, just how the East is, or you know we'll see who they really are when they have to head out west to play some of the uh, more seasoned veterans? Well, they they are beating up on teams they're supposed to beat up on, but on the same note, they're taking that opportunity and coming together as a team. Um, some of the wins have not been pretty, uh, where they have to have made late comebacks to win, but nonetheless, they are coming together uh, as a team. Uh, again, when you have that many new faces and then some injuries, it's hard to get things together, but they're putting things together, uh, playing as a unit. What Coach Tyron Lue probably was looking for to start the year, he's getting it right now, uh, of course, led by LeBron James. 
All right, head to the second quarter. You can't have good without the bad. Second quarter topic, uh, there's some teams streaking in the absolute wrong way. Uh, the Lakers and losers are five straight. The Bulls, eight straight. Uh, and the Grizz, man, 11 straight losses. Uh, the the subtopic is there. How hard is it for an NBA team to win consistently if you do not have a superstar? Uh, consistently, it's going to be extremely difficult. The NBA is about uh, being led by that superstar. Yes, yeah, a team game, uh, as we see with Golden State. However, uh, you still need that leader, especially you know late in the shot clock, somebody uh, that can create for himself or his teammates. Uh, those teams you mentioned, the Lakers, uh, the Bulls, or the Grizzlies, um, are kind of lacking that type of player. You know, Mike Conley Jr. Uh, for Memphis, uh, you know, being injured, uh, maybe took a little bit out of their sales this year. Um, the Bulls, they are just a team and just total, they might be the, the new tankers of the league, if you will. <laughs> Uh, when they got rid of their veterans, uh, they might be taking the spot of the 76ers and uh, quote-unquote tanking uh, this year. Um, plus, they definitely need to uh, make some changes uh, at the coaching position. Um, but then your Lakers, uh, as we mentioned, uh, losing five straight, they are still looking for an identity, I think. They thought uh, the new coach, Luke Walton, would come in a year ago. He has made some definitely dividends. And then Lonzo Ball coming in, uh, definitely not panning out as they hoped it would. Um, you know, Magic Johnson has to be scratching his head like, wow, I thought we were going to be much better than this. Uh, <laughs> but he's seeing that um, I got some money to spend in free agency next year, so I think the Lakers are pointing that way also. Yeah, you got to be thinking about that plan. And, you know, the rumor's been out there for a while that LeBron is going to head out to the Lakers to finish up his career. Um, but I can't see him, even LeBron James, teaming up with that team to win a championship because, they're, I mean, they lack a superstar. You know, Kyle Kuzma is probably the closest thing they got at this point in time. Everybody else is just really a, a bunch of good role players. And I kind of wonder if they're trying to take that that route, they're like, oh, okay, he's going to come out here and possibly, probably Paul George is the one other superstar that's uh, uh, whose contract is up at the end of the season. You know, uh, do you think the Lakers are just banking on that and they're just willing to roll the dice the rest of the season? Well, I think uh, the Lakers are probably um, kicking themselves a bit, or at least uh, they're being kicked around by the Ball family uh, where things aren't panning out with Lonzo. Um, and then we know LeVar uh, is in the news as well. If you are a free agent, why would you want to join that mix? I'm sure we'll talk more about that in the third quarter. But mm -hmm. uh, I don't want to get in that mix if I'm a superstar. And I couldn't see LeBron joining the Lakers even, you know, we're talking about a struggling Lonzo Ball. I think LeBron, if he did go to Lakers, would stunt the growth of Lonzo Ball even more. Um, but... You know, we'll see uh, how things pan out, but I do not see LeBron in purple and gold in La La Land. Right. Yeah, all all of those teams playing themselves completely out of any potential for contention, and the Bulls are just literally in an absolute disarray. Um, I, I can't believe their coach hadn't been fired. Um, it, it it's amazing that they are, are. It's amazing that that team is mired where they are when just five years ago they were contending for, you know, Eastern Conference Championship. Yeah. Hoiberg won't – he won't finish the year. I'm pretty confident uh, he will not end the year in Chicago. Uh, however, um, they are in uh, full, I believe, tank mode. Uh, they're looking at uh, probably uh, anybody for Duke uh, in the front line. <laughs> They got some players in the front line of Duke, uh, not to mention the big man down at Texas or Arizona. So there's some uh, players uh, that Chicago is probably looking at in the draft already. Yeah, and that's the thing. Does it justify like just go ahead and, and tanking? Because really, think about what the Sixers did. They had to stink for a while and took a a, a few players that you know, had the potential or they thought they had the potential to be good and they weren't. Nerlens Noel being probably one of the ones that sticks out the most. Like, 
it, it's this is not suck for luck. Like, you know, like the, the Colts sucked and they knew they had like a potential franchise quarterback there with the Colts. Like there isn't anybody that in the on the college game right now that's, you know, that is a franchise changer that's going to be coming out next year. Well, uh, that's debatable. I think um, I can't think of the young gentleman's name from Duke at the moment, but he's a he's a bona fide player, um, left-handed seven-footer. Um, he's a bona fide player and uh, will likely be the top overall pick uh, if things continue as they are. But, yeah, is he a game changer? That's yeah, still to be seen. Um, nonetheless, uh, he would be better than anybody on the Bulls roster at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that okay. So, all right. So that takes us through uh, the second quarter, and the buzzer tells us it's halftime. And as Nasir Jones brings us in, all right, uh, the halftime topic this week is the logo. Now, that, that name and that phrase has a huge meaning for the NBA because everybody knows that Jerry West is technically the logo. But times have changed over many, many years, and the game has changed since Jerry West played. So the topic is, do we change, or does the NBA need to look to change the logo and move away from, the, you know, the traditional Jerry West logo to something a little bit more modern? Yeah, I think so. You mentioned everybody knows Jerry West uh, is the logo. These days, I would debate that. This generation probably does not know that Jerry West is a logo. Nonetheless, know who Jerry West is, uh, period. Um, you know, he is uh, definitely one of the top 50 players of all time, Jerry West. Uh, as he, you know, won a championship with the Lakers, uh, one of the top all-time scorers in our game. However, uh, as the logo, even he stated he didn't want to be the logo or, once he was, didn't want people to know that that was him. And he mentioned that he really doesn't, you know, mind if it, if it did change, um, but that's, a, you know, a league issue. Um my opinion, the most obvious change for the logo would have to be to his heirness, Michael Jordan. I don't know why that isn't an obvious thing um, to really, uh, you talk about bringing the league to uh, this generation. Uh, yeah, Michael Jordan is maybe a little before this generation, but he's definitely more relatable uh, than Jerry West. You still see a lot of guys wearing uh, Jordan's shoes. So, uh, to me, it's an easy change to make. I'm sure it would be a very popular change. Uh, Michael Jordan should be the logo for the NBA. Now, do you go with the Jumpman logo or some other version of silhouetted Michael Jordan? Well, that would probably be the, the easiest, the Jumpman logo. But uh, he probably has uh, several to choose from with some of the unbelievable acrobatic moves he's done over his career but yeah the Jumpman logo would be the easiest and most obvious one um and again um i'm not sure why commissioner silva um you know hasn't made um that change i think it would be very popular with the players very popular with the fans i don't think he can go wrong and again i bet jerry west would be on board uh with the change <laughs> So. I think um, I think Jerry West had had or has a commercial selling some pharmaceutical um, drug that runs on you know just during sports events or whatever. And I think I said to my son like, "Oh, that dude's the logo." My son's like, "What?" I'm like, "That dude is the <laughs> is the NBA logo. The dude that you see uh, that's dribbling the basketball that's on everything." He's like, "He is." I'm like, "Yeah." He's saying he, it, it took him a minute. He's like, well, "How long ago did he play?" I'm like, "A very long time ago." So, yeah, I think a, a modern, a modern is it. It would have to be Jordan. Like, I don't think they could do anything unless they make it. It have to be Jordan. There's nobody that they could put out there that would make any more sense. I'm not sure if they could go with the Jumpman logo all the way. Maybe that would have something to do. But Nike's making the uniforms now anyway, so they would probably be oh. down with it. But. You know, there's a, there's other silhouettes of Jordan that you could use that they would perfectly everybody would know who it was. Uh, I wonder if he would want to be the logo. You know, I mean, he is a super 
confident, super egotistical dude to be in that, you know, Michael Jeffrey Jordan. But I would wonder if he would want to be the logo for the next, I don't know, what, 50-some-odd year. Yeah, that to me might be the only holdup is if maybe that has been approached to him and maybe he, I don't know, either didn't want to or, I don't know, that thought he would be stepping on the toes of Jerry West or something. I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, I can't think of anybody as iconic in the NBA um, for people to relate to than than Michael Jordan. Um, you know, I think it's a, a simple thing. I'm I'm sending uh, a tweeting uh, Commissioner Silva as soon as we're done today. To <laughs> Okay, so take that out though. Here's a curveball for you. Take that out. If you could, if Jordan's like, I don't want to do it. Who would be the second person? Like, all right, we're gonna get rid of Jerry West. Who's got a silhouette or a recognizable silhouette for modern day basketball that could go on the logo? Well, the first person that came to mind, other than Jordan, was uh, Shaq. Probably, mm-hmm. you know, you know the Shaq when he's pulling down the rim like his uh, statue is in front of Staples in L.A. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably silhouette of Shaq is the only one that would really stick out as much, um, be that recognizable. Um, I don't think LeBron has anything quite like that. Uh, his name, of course, would be great, but I don't think he has that type of, um, silhouette that people would immediately recognize. So uh, definitely uh, Shaq was the first person that came to mind, but even that would be a super reach. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Shaq was also mine. There's some good, you know, people have done those silhouettes like online or whatever uh, with Shaq pulling the rim down like that. So, yeah, that would have been my second guess too. All right. All right, so let's head to the third quarter. Um We've never talked about this, like, verbally, but we've done a fairly good job of trying to keep the the ball family strictly to basketball. We've tried to not talk too much about some of the other, you know, shenanigans uh, associated with uh, with the dad um, because, I mean, I'm, for, for me personally, you know, like I don't knock his hustle of trying to get his brand off. I think that's a really ingenious idea. It does come off kind of coonery for me. And I don't really appreciate that part of it. Uh, so I've been trying to – we try to keep it to Lonzo, basketball, his play, those types of things, and leave that part out. All right. So he's not going to let that happen this week. So the third quarter is yeah. the week the week in the ball family. Uh, we'll just go from the top. Uh, and the most recent one here, LiAngelo was pulled out of uh, UCLA by his dad post the suspension from UCLA post the uh, shoplifting incident in China. So that stays with basketball. So let's stick with that. Well, taking a step back to go with what you said, I bet there would not be as much extra conversation if Lonzo was playing much better. If Lonzo was balling like people thought, um, I bet there would be very, uh, not too much conversation from uh, Papa Ball, but uh, with the first thing you mentioned, Leandro being pulled out of UCLA, uh, even uh, Coach Steve Alford of UCLA said he was surprised at the action. Um, you know, seemed to come out of nowhere uh, were, were his statements. However, if you really think about it, um, that falls right in line with something LeVar Ball would, would do. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not sure why of the three ball brothers uh, it's been pretty well stated that Leangelo was probably the least um scouted of the three um he you know even though he was a good player he was not on the line of Lonzo not even of little brother Lamelo. so uh Leangelo being pulled out of UCLA will probably hurt him as far as a basketball player more so than anything else. But uh, he's going to be under the tutelage of Dad LaVarge and working out nonstop, getting him ready for the uh, scouting combine. Only problem is nobody was scouting him. 
was looked at being looked at by zero GMs as a top pick uh, in the draft or even a first round pick or in many cases even being drafted. So, um, you know, one report saying that he's already uh, reaching out to teams overseas for Leangelo to possibly play on, but um, things definitely aren't working out right now uh, for Leangelo Ball. Yeah, China will not be one of those uh, teams he'll be reaching out to. Um, yeah, definitely uh, won't yeah. be <laughs> league in China. Which, you know, I'm very curious um, what Leangelo thinks. You know, did he have any say in the matter? Did he say, no, Dad, I want to stay at UCLA? Uh, you know, they probably were going to be reinstated here soon um, as they approach the new year and probably would have been back on the team. Um, uh, you know, I wonder what his input was, uh, as far as that decision, or if he had anything at all, or was it just strictly LeVar saying, oh, I'm pulling him out, training myself. So I'm wondering to hear from that angle. Stephen A. Smith on, uh, I think it was first take today said there's, uh, and I quote, no way in hell he is getting drafted. Um, (laughs) so, uh, I don't think that I mean, I'm not really sure. I've read a profile on Leangelo. Uh, he seems to be the more classic middle child syndrome, um, the more kind of subdued, quiet um, of the three of them. And, uh, you know, I think he kind of just fell into the family business. Like, look, you're tall. We play basketball. So this is what you're going to do. And that's what he did. But it, it doesn't seem that he has, like, a lot of passion for playing basketball. He was a three-star recruit. You know, the the relationship between UCLA and their family was just like, okay, just to get all three of you, we'll take him too. You know what I mean? And right. Yeah, so I don't think I don't think it was really anything that – I don't think he had any passion to be playing basketball, and it seems like this might be a better idea to not let him play and try to build the hype around it to see if he could get some sort of name recognition before we get back to the draft. But, I mean, him going overseas, that, you know – that, that's kind of a, a late uh, or a, kind of a misnomer sometimes about, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go overseas and play ball or whatever. You know, particularly in, in Europe, um, like, those teams ain't no joke you know, over there. You know what I mean? And plus they really treat the American players bad, too. But those teams ain't no joke. The kid, you know, the people that are playing there, and then, like, it's, you know, recreational league. Those are professional basketball players. And, you know, it's not like you're going to go over there and dominate them. I think, what, Brandon Jennings went over there for a year because he uh, wasn't eligible uh, to play college ball, and he went there for a year. And it really didn't work out for him. He came back a year, balls for, like, a, a couple of years, and then I don't even think he's in the league anymore. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know that that's, like, the, the, the quickest path for him. It probably would have been best for him to just stay at UCLA and, you know, I don't know, sit on the bench. I don't know. <laughs> I think uh, what's been better for him probably even as a young man to be uh, at UCLA, still to play ball, yeah, not a star, um, but probably would have worked out better for him uh, just as his personal growth. But, you know, joining him possibly uh, playing overseas might be little brother uh, LaMelo. Um, his mm-hmm. dad has pulled, pulled him out of high school and uh, trying to get him ready for the draft as well. So, you know, the the both of them may be uh, traveling overseas together, so it might be a package deal in some form again, uh, the the younger of the ball brothers joining Leangelo uh, and possibly both of them going overseas. Yeah. yeah. All right, the next one, um, the Lakers have now re- uh, enforced what they're, they're calling the LeVar ball rule, but it's really a rule that they just hadn't really been enforcing that much. Uh, where they do not want non-Laker or non-NBA personnel giving interviews like on the court, near the court. There's a whole area that they're supposed to be able to do that that's not really kind of associated with with Staples. So this comes after LeVar has two criticisms of the Lakers and the players here in the last two weeks, uh, the first one being that um, that they didn't know uh, the Lakers don't know how to coach his son. They're being too soft on him. You know, he should go in there and he can toughen them up. And then the second one being at the lo- their overtime loss to the Warriors that he thought that uh, Coach Luke Walton called a timeout when Julius Randle pulled the rebound and he could have hit uh, Lonzo for a three or whatever, who's shooting like 23%, by the way. But he could have hit that shot and would have beat the, the dub. 
for the chance, uh, in, in regulation before going to overtime. So, how does this, this play one, out in LA? I, yeah, this one I blame the Lakers, though, because, you know, if we go back to Summer League, uh, you know, they were uh, allowing uh, this type of press uh, for LeVar Ball uh, because at that point, Lonzo was playing well, Summer League, and, you know, Summer League MVP. So he was playing well, and they allowed LeVar to to have these uh, uh, press sessions, if you will. Now, spin it forward to the regular season, now there's some things that come out that they don't want to hear. Now they're saying, oh, we better quiet him down. We better be, you know, keep him quiet. They should have done that from Jump Street. So I kind of blame uh, the Lakers for giving him the opportunity initially. And then, you know, now trying to, you know, put a fork in it is too late. Um, they already let him out, let the bag out, let him out of the bag, rather. So um, there's going to be a tough time keeping LeVar Ball's mouth closed. So uh, good luck, L.A. Yeah. There was talk that Magic, you know, when they thought LeVar was going to get out of control so to speak uh you know magic would put the put the squash on it you know i i, I love magic johnson you know like as a player as a person whatever like i love magic johnson uh, but i don't think that that's his role you know what i mean like he may be like running the basketball operations on that side of it but i can't see magic coming out and being like hey he needs to shut up whether it be behind closed doors or whatever i just, I just don't see magic coming out and doing that because i don't i just don't see him coming out and doing it but how, how is this going to play out? Like, if he continues to struggle, and and again, I ain't no basketball GM. When I watch him play, he just seems so unathletic in, like, today's league. He would have did great, like, 15 years ago, but he seems so unathletic in his inability to um, just, like, his speed, his, his like, ball-to-ball quickness. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he just doesn't seem as athletic as some of the players that are on the floor. So if he continues to struggle – What's next? That that's a, a great question. Uh, the Lakers are invested in him. You know, I remember even at the press conference, Magic Johnson, you know, mentioned his jersey one day hanging uh, from Staples, you know, in the rafters along with his. So the Lakers are going to give uh, Lonzo every opportunity uh, to succeed. Um, you know, I, I look at his body language. You mentioned his his athleticism. I look at his body language. Uh, you know, if I were uh, reading that language, he he doesn't seem too thrilled. You know, the one incident with the team in the fight, you know, where, you know, he was criticized for just walking away where the rest right. of the play, uh, you know, were in a little fist because he walked right past the whole thing like, okay, y'all go ahead. And even some Lakers, you know, uh, allegedly, you know, weren't too happy about that, some of his teammates. But, you know, he just doesn't seem interested. I don't know. Maybe, you know, I remember the uh, Jay Cutler when he was with Chicago in the playoff game. He talked about his body language, didn't say he wanted to give all he could for the Bears. I get that type of thing from from uh, Lonzo Ball. But um, he's going to get every opportunity from the Lakers. It's up to him uh, to make some changes and probably up to him, if anybody, to quiet Dad down. You know, if he maybe made a statement, or whether publicly or privately, like, you know, come on, Dad, you know, you're not helping things, uh, you know, something of that nature. Uh, he's probably the only one uh, that could quiet uh, things down. I wonder what Mama Ball is doing through all this. Where what is, what is her role here? Could she quiet down uh, Lavar Ball and take some of the heat off of Lonzo? Maybe he's uh, so tight because of that that he yeah. can't really play his game. Um, so um, he's going to get every opportunity. It's just not panning out for him right now. Yeah, I, I, I got a, one of those. I think, you know, one of those Facebook promo ads I was on my page the other day for to watch that Ball and the Family show on Facebook. And I 
I reported it as, as spam or inappropriate because I was like, get this shit off my timeline because I don't want to see this. Uh, I mean, you see the mom at the games and you see, I saw her in the little promo over there. I think she had a stroke or something recently. Um, wow. So I know that that uh, might be playing into why she's not maybe out in front of some of this stuff. Like, I, I'm not really sure. I, I sent you a text the other day that said, you know, hey, I work, I work in a place where, you know, the target audience for the big baller brand would be, you know, the, in terms of the population. Uh, and I've never seen a kid in the whole time there with one, a shirt on, uh, a headband, uh, nothing, like nothing. And so I'm like, okay, so take the shoes out of it because the price point is just ridiculous. Take the shoes out of it. Like where's people wearing, you know, like the T-shirts or the headbands or whatever other, you know, or hats, whatever other gear is available like I don't see anybody wearing it. So who is the audience for the big baller brand? Yeah, I can't say that I've seen them uh, around town, uh, anywhere myself either. Um, you know, any of the clothing, any of the paraphernalia uh, associated with the big baller brand uh, is probably exploding overseas. Um, you know, that was the the plan, at least to, and they were allegedly doing big sales in China. I wonder if that continued after the uh, incident with Leangelo. But, um, yeah, I definitely haven't seen anybody walking around with the Zotus that I know of or a T-shirt or anything. So. Or anything, yeah. Yeah, if I'm Leangelo, maybe take China off the, the tour. Uh, I wouldn't go back. Um, you were lucky to get out the first time. So, yeah, I wouldn't head it back there. All right. So that's the ball family. I Like I said, I'm – I, I I struggle in between, like, man, this is, you know, go do your thing, man. This is interesting, I, I, and I want to see how this plays out, you know. But also, like, I can't the, with the – I just can't. It, it's super coonery when he gets on TV. I, he he did the media tour this morning. I think he was on the Today Show, and he was on maybe CNN talking about pulling Leangelo out, you know. And, you know, it, it, it's – he's probably a very intelligent man he should maybe act like it. That's pretty much all I have to say. That, that That's it. Yeah, he should maybe act like it when he's on TV. All right, that's it. All right, fourth quarter as we start to get into this. Uh, the NBA resting players. This comes up on the Sunday night highlight game. This past Sunday was Oklahoma City versus the San Antonio Spurs in Oklahoma City. And before the game, uh, Popovich decides to rest. Kawhi Leonard is already out. He decides to rest Tony Parker, who's been coming off of limited minutes, and LaMarcus Aldridge. And so none of those dudes play. Uh, Spurs always give max effort regardless. They don't wind up losing by, I think, three or something like that. But the NBA comes out and reprimands Popovich for, um, like, you know, their new rule was don't be resting players in nationally televised games. And they gave Silver the opportunity to fine teams up to $100,000 when they do that. So what is your take on, I guess, the rule and on teams resting players? Well, I absolutely hate it. You know, why would you rest a, a healthy player? Limit his minutes, um, you know, unless if he doesn't have a history of injuries, you know, uh, you know, let him play. I'm sure as a player, as a player, I'm sure they want to get out there. You know, if you the guys are looking forward already, of course, to the playoffs, we're still not even to Christmas yet. And we're, you know, talking about the playoffs. Maybe later in the season, maybe I could see resting players as you get closer to the playoffs. But we're not even halfway through, and we're talking about uh, resting players. To me, that's a problem. Um, I'm glad the NBA gave... Uh, the commissioners some authority to take some type of action. It definitely will not stop Popovich. He's going to arrest his players, and he thinks uh, it is time to do so. They have a schedule of sorts where they want to rest their players, so they will be at optimum uh, playing uh, power, if you will, and when it comes around to the playoffs. But um, think about it from the fan point of view. I thought um, – a fan put it so greatly uh, when LeBron sat out in Memphis. You know, LeBron makes one trip to Memphis a season, and a fan sent a letter saying, 
that, you know, he bought his son these tickets for this game and spent X amount of dollars, and his son had this date circled on his calendar because it's the only chance he will get to see LeBron this year. And when the Cavs came to play the Memphis Grizzlies, LeBron didn't play, didn't show. And, you know, that's the, you know if you look at it from that point of view, that this uh, young gentleman saved up lots, probably money that, you know, he could have spent on so many other things to buy a ticket right. to see LeBron James. And then LeBron James doesn't even make the trip. You know, that's the type of thing that, um, yeah, the NBA has to do whatever they can uh, to not have happen. Again, limit minutes. If you don't, if you want to rest them, you know, either say, hey, they're going to play the first half. They're only going to play the second half or something, you know, limit minutes. Um, but, yeah, not uh, resting uh, players, uh, resting healthy players is not a good look. I even thought of this going back to our initial jump ball topic. Could that be part of the resting players? Let me get ejected. So at least I was in the game. And <laughs> I get ejected, then I get to rest the rest. You know, I don't know if that plays into it somehow at all, but no, don't rest healthy players. Yeah, it's it's amazing that it's become like a phenomenon now. And I know a lot of old NBA players and NBA fans are like, you know, all these guys are soft. And, you know, they can't, you know, I mean, I know Barkley was ranting about that, you know, where they limited the number of back-to-backs this season because of that. They started the season a little bit earlier to stretch out the season to limit the back-to-backs. You know, uh, these guys are traveling. I saw uh, something online where I saw the um, the Cavs team playing. Um, they're not traveling, you know, in coach. Uh, they're traveling on private jets. Uh, and they're huge. I mean, they're huge. It, it's, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, wow. Then, you know, it, it, they're traveling first class all the way or anything like that. You would think that flying into a town that you're only going to be once would, you know, hey, let's let's put on some sort of show for these people here. And then rest of the people at home, you know, like the Kings, the Cavs fans or the Heat fans or whoever have an opportunity to see those players 41 times. You know, the dudes on the road don't get that chance, especially the Western Conference teams. So you definitely want to, you know, to me, put those players out there. It it seems like a no-brainer. And, I, you know, as much as I love LeBron, he seems like the leader of this. This has become a, a thing under, like, since he's been in the league where, you know, healthy players are resting and not playing certain games. Yeah, Popovich, I think, really started it all. But definitely LeBron, uh, from a player point of view, started pointing out he's the one who asked about a longer all-star break where they get, you know, more time off uh, for the All-Star break, starting the season earlier. Uh, LeBron had a lot to say about that. And, yeah, I, I have to agree with Barkley. A little, little softy here when they're, they're talking there on their big private jets where back in the day they flew commercial. Uh, yeah, they flew first class, but, yeah, they flew commercial, had to run through the airport to get on the plane as opposed to, and taxied out to their private uh, team jet. So, uh, I, yeah, just not a fan of it. I'm an NBA fan. I want to see the best players playing if they're healthy. Um, that's what the league should be about, the competition. Uh, these guys should want to play. They, if the team says, hey, we want to sit you tonight, even though you're healthy, players should say, no, man, I don't want to sit. I want to play. So Yeah. yeah it's, it's crazy. I, I before I, I went to go see the Heat uh, when they had LeBron, you know, the big three, and they were on a winning streak. I think their winning streak was the, the year they won their first championship, and they were talking. They were playing the Sixers, and you know, it was the six that that version of the Sixers in like 2011. You know, not a really great team, and there was talk that they were gonna rest like the big three when I had already paid the money for the tickets. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I just came here from Georgia to come see this game. Um, they best to play, and you know, and thankfully they did. But I know I would have been—I don't know what I would have did. I would have been off the charts if that had happened. So yeah, not a not a, it's not a good look. It's definitely terrible for the people that are on the like you said uh, that only get a chance to see those people once a, once a, once a season. Like all right, I'm gonna go see LeBron. This is it, you know. Okay, and yeah, they only get the same. Real quick on a like a not an overtime topic, but a 20 second topic. Uh, 
Steph Curry, two-time MVP, uh, sprains his ankle really bad last night in that Pelicans win out two weeks uh, with a sprained knee. Uh, is there any other team that could take that kind of injury to a superstar and probably not lose a beat? Uh, not too many. Um, well, if you look at it, though, Golden State has uh, a couple other stars, definitely another superstar that can uh, definitely fill, fill in why Curry is out. But uh, you remember he had ankle problems when he first came into the league, seemed to get past them. Um, you know, then he's had a couple other little small things crop up here or there. Uh, so, as again, Golden State's going to make sure that he's definitely healthy uh, before he uh, comes back. But any other team, you know, I'll say Boston at this time, if Kyrie were out, um, the way they play defense, they probably could stay afloat but they definitely would miss a bona fide score like Kyrie. But um, yeah. other than that, uh, no. No other team uh, <laughs> missed their start. Take LeBron off uh, the Cavs. They're um, 500 teams. Yeah, dead in the water. Yeah, I don't think we see um, I don't think we see Steph until the Christmas Day game. And I'm pretty sure the NBA will do everything in their power to get him all pumped up for that one because they definitely want that to be the marquee game for the uh, the finals rematch. So, all right. All right, so as we hit the wrap-up, and what's your game of the week? Uh, my game of the week is actually occurring right now uh, with the Utah Jazz and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, again, Jazz, one of my favorite teams that I never get a chance to see. Well, I, I looked at the Jazz as well. Two teams we mentioned earlier that were streaking uh, December 7th. Uh, the Houston Rockets, they are taking a trip to Utah to Salt Lake City to battle the Jazz. So that was a game I circled with two teams heading in the right direction, definitely trending up. Uh, they will battle each other December 7th. But, of course, another game the following night, December 8th, Boston travels to San Antonio uh, to play the Spurs. I seriously doubt if uh, Popovich will be resting anybody that night, <laughs> he wants to make a statement against the Celtics, as well as the Celtics want to make a statement uh, against the Spurs. So a couple of games there, uh, Houston and Utah on Thursday, and then Boston and San Antonio Friday night. There's um, definitely that buzz is going around that Kawhi is just about ready to come back. I'm not sure if they just hold him off till Christmas either. Uh, but it wouldn't be a real surprise if he happened to show up in that game uh, against the Celtics. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, me too. All right. All right, man, so let's start to wrap up. Uh, what is our exit music this week? Our exit music this week, uh, going to 1994, off the soundtrack Spike Lee movie, Crooklyn. The Crooklyn Dodgers, Master Ace. Buckshot, Special Ed, Brooklyn Dodgers, 1994, your song of the week. Right, yeah, uh, great song. Not such a great movie, um, <laughs> a great song. Uh, as I was trying to pull the uh, the music for uh, for the exit, um, I forgot about the, I forgot about the video, and then I forgot about the intro to the video there's like mike tyson and then there's michael jordan you know when he was playing baseball it's like oh yeah. uh, michael jordan i was born in brooklyn i'm like oh i completely forgot about that because spike directed the video as well yeah you know that was spike lee's boy but uh yeah interesting that michael jordan was born in brooklyn yeah. <laughs> and not raised in brooklyn no. born yeah, in brooklyn. so he did get to make a cameo uh, in that video, but uh, one of the best hip hop songs, definitely uh, in the '90s. I'll rank it all time personally, but Brooklyn Dodgers, uh, great song to play us out. Yeah, especially it definitely uh, probably didn't get the shine that he probably should have because of that the the his hit song that's running. For, I'm forgetting the name of it. Uh, at this point, but um, yeah, you know how I feel about Buckshot, so yeah. One of the greatest. <laughs> One of the greatest. 
All right. All right. So that starts to wrap this up. Remember to be able to find This Week in the Association on uh, all your favorite uh, podcasts and streaming apps, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, uh, rate, review, subscribe, share with friends, uh, five-star reviews that get us on lists and more people get a chance to listen to the podcast. Thank you for all. All those who listen and share the podcast, we really do appreciate it. Um, remember, this podcast is a part of the Brothers Comics Podcasting Network. Um, this week in the association, um, the Brothers Comics Podcast, um, the Unmasked Podcast, uh, the Comic Book Show, the Marvel Hacks. There's just a lot of podcasts, a lot of net, uh, a lot of shows on the network. So um, find one, get your life in the intersection. I forget with Malika Salam. Don't forget that show. All right. All right, man. So as we start to wrap us out and uh, the Crookman out to play us out, tell them where they can find you. Uh, you can find me at Will Stacks on Instagram again, at Will Stacks on Instagram. Also, you can find me at Mr. Waters 77, at Mr. W A T E R S 77 on Twitter. Hit me up. Let me know what you think of the show. Or any questions you might want uh, answered, and uh, help us out with this week in the association. Right. And you'll be able to find me uh, at Brothers Comics. That's B R O G H A S C O M I C S. Brat Brothers Comics on all of those Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook. Um, I think I even have a. Um, I don't know. Yeah, just put that in there. You'll be able to find me. You can get at me, ask me a question, whatever. All right. So that start to play us out continually. Um, all right, man. Say peace to the people, man. We'll see you next week. Will Stacks is out. Peace. All right, we'll see y'all next week. Peace. I remember way back in the days playing hot peas of butter. Brother, if you want another lesson, Brooklyn, session, take it back, blacksmith or wrestling. Press your luck, you get stuck by buck for your bucks. Master Ace has the taste for ducks and duck sauce. So tell Lord Digger, dig a grave for the bones, sticks and stones. While I kick some ancient homes through your domes, act went back to attack your homes. So Tim, can I flip? Yes, you can. I'm in the world war with Muhammad, my man. Feels so good to be a Crooklyn Dodger. <laughs> What's happening to rerun and Roger? I think I seen him wearing Timberlands and running down the block from Dwayne. And Dwayne had a Glock. Cause he be selling rock for the Partridge family. And Ruben Kincaid drives a 300E. And he be pimping Chrissy from Three's Company. Plus he stuck Mr. T for all.